Season 1 is over. We tackled Jason Voorhees, Pinhead, and Death himself. We have survived. A new year has come. Season 2 of Beauty and the Geast Podcast has begun. With the Beauty and the Geast Podcast, where we be watching movies so you don't have to, uh, over here in Duluth, Minnesota, I am the Geast. And uh, over there in uh, the desert or mountains, if you can see his background, is the beauty. That's right. I'm avoiding. I'm currently working to avoid the sandworms of doom. Good luck or tremors. <laughs> I hope you don't get eaten. Get at least keep not grab finished. Keep the graboids away from me. <laughs> tremors was one of my favorite horror movies when I was, uh, I don't know, teenager for sure. Yeah, I mean, you got Fred Ward, Kevin Bacon, Reba McIntyre, the guy who played Bernie. Crazy guy. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember. I don't, I don't even remember his name, but very iconic mustache. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember his name either. One of my, my favorite parts about Tremors, which uh, now that I think about it, they need more of in modern horror movies, is just like rules. These are the rules how you don't get dead. Tremors are quite simple. Don't run around on the ground. And you, but you could like, yeah, use stilts or whatever and stay on rooftops and you'd be safe. Sorry, it was Bert, not Bernie. Bert, and his name was Michael Gross. Yeah, I never would have guessed that, but also, yeah, very recognizable for sure. But you, you want to know, you want to know the funny part about it though, too? Let's hear it. He's the dad from Family Ties. Oh yeah, that's right. And he he must not have been doing too well because I think he was in virtually every Tremors sequel too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which the rest of the cast just said hell no. But you know, you got to get paid. I mean, Fred Fred Ward stayed on for a couple of them, but then yeah, I mean Kevin Bacon bowed out after the first one. Fred Ward, I think, stayed on for the second one. Uh, and then, yeah, and then Michael Gross, even all the way up to 2020, it was a, in a direct-to-video Tremors 7 Island Fury. Oh, my God. They, they, well, they brought in Jamie Kennedy for a couple of them, and then they brought in John Heater, also known as Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I can't. I can't say I've seen, I've seen maybe one or two of the sequels, two at most, definitely one. Like, so I can't say they're terrible, but I have a feeling they're terrible. I think I've seen up to five. Um, oh yeah? And, and your thoughts? That's the one where they introduced Jamie Kennedy and as Bert's son. I, I didn't, I don't think I saw a cold day in hell where they went to Antarctica I mean, they're dumb. Yeah, I remember. I just the only thing I remember in one of them, uh, they could fly by farting, and they started to call them ass blasters. Yeah, that was number three, I believe. Okay, and that's that's a little too. 
a little too dumb comedy for what I want in a horror movie. Unless I'm going specifically for dumb comedy, which is on occasion, but uh, usually I want good gore, scary comedy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you watch horror movies for horror movies, not for stupid one-liners and correct ass blasting. Yeah, reptile shit, ass blasters. So, I mean, <laughs> and not to say we're above doing the entire Tremor series, but because <laughs> we we ain't folks. No, but far from it. I'm far from it. Yes. <laughs> uh we will be reviewing uh urban legends bloody mary shortly uh before we get into that how's life been anything fun um no nothing i mean again i like to have a quiet life and um every once in a while i feel the need to get out and play cards and stuff like that so we did that a couple weekends ago uh, but for the most part, no, I like to just, you know, hang out at home and have my peace. There was, oh, see, I have a terrible memory, though. There was a game you were going to go game or something, and I was going to get a recap, a tournament, something? Uh, oh, really? oh, no, yeah, we did a couple of games. Um, I, I did do a couple of games on Saturday of Silver Bayonet, which is a, a gothic. That was uh, it. No, Napoleonic horror game. Um, we were, uh, the only two people, only two of us showed up, which is kind of what, uh, what, what it was not terribly surprising, which reminds me, I do have a story to tell you after the, after the episode's over. It's not something I want to have, have go out over the airwaves because sure. it's kind of, uh, it's kind of weird and kind of like, I don't know. But, sure, you could tell me after. Yeah, which our great audience can will probably want to know all about that. They want me to, as the kids would say, spill the tea. But it's not. Yeah, it's not. Not getting published out here. <laughs> <laughs> well, how'd uh, how'd gaming go? How'd your gothic horror Napoleonic war game end up? Uh, it went pretty well. We had some. Uh, some interesting events roll around. We had some giant rats that were fighting us, trying to fight some fight off some ghouls. We have to try and fight off each other to to find some books that we had. The, some bloodless hounds that showed up. Um, there's a lot of lot of interesting stuff that happens during that game. So we got two scenarios into a five scenario campaign that we're going to continue at some point in the future too. Okay, cool, man. I'm always for uh, any hardcore nerd gaming is usually fun and entertaining. So glad it went well. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Are you? So were you? A, was there a winner, or is it not that kind of thing? Uh, technically, that each scenario has a winner, um, and it ended up being one and one. So each of us won one of the scenarios. Hey, well balanced. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some some dice rolls turned out against both of us in each game, <laughs> um, but you know, for the most part, it was it was very well balanced. It's very well balanced. It just depends on again how how your dice rolls kind of turn out. So, sure, yeah, you 
live by the dice and you die by the dice. I know that well. Yep. So, and you just got back from Canada. I did. Canada was a blast, man. Thunder Bay, which uh, sounds far, far away. You know, not from Duluth. It's a three and a half hour drive, which uh, isn't a super long trip. But whenever you go to another country, it feels longer than you think. And we did have to do it twice. We got uh, rejected at the border the first time, which was uh, kind of a fun story. <laughs> Who forgot their passport? We No, we all had our passport. Um, we weren't quite sure on the laws about us performing there because none of us had. So we were uh, a little vague as we they asked us why we we're entering the country. So we're just like, oh, you know, just going to go to a comedy show is what we said. Go to a comedy show, do some tourist stuff. I guess just being that vague set them off immediately. So they decided to search the vehicle. <laughs> uh, my fellow comedian, Danielle, ha had brought along Mace, which she's a jogger. She jogs every morning, brings Mace with her. And, you know, they did ask, they asked, you know, do you have any weapons? Uh, blah, 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 including bear spray. They did said bear, they did say bear spray. And she said, no. So now they're like, this is weapons contraband that you're attempting to bring into Canada illegally. And we asked you about it and you lied to us. So <laughs> we are denying you entry. <laughs> so you had to wait for shift change. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we went all the way back, drove back to Duluth. You know, I contacted the uh, the guy at the comedy club who uh you know i just said sorry man they're not letting us in and he's like damn it this happens sometimes i know a guy who knows a guy so they the next morning which was uh saturday morning <clears throat> no it was friday morning they call up and uh their guy talks to the superintendent i don't know how but the dude calls me back my connection at the comedy club calls me back and just says all right it's straightened out they all know we're coming this time we come at, back up, we get to the little window, we just say, hey, yeah, we're coming to uh, perform comedy. And the guy just laughs, and he's like, oh, it's you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you got any so weapons, I, eh? <laughs> yeah, Right, yeah. And they said, they said, I'm sorry, because you were flagged yesterday, we have to search you again. Please don't have any mace. <laughs> if you have it, declare it now. And we, you know, of course, we were extra cautious this time and had nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and finally got across. So, uh, yeah, that was Friday. We did two shows Friday night. Uh, both, I mean, both went great. The late show was a little under attended Friday evening. And then Saturday, two shows. Uh, both of those had good attendance and uh, also went well. So it was successful for all the guys who performed with Chris up in Thunder Bay who kind of helped us. Uh, he did all the, put all this together. Taylor. Also, uh, he's like the promotions guy. He performed. Colin did a guest spot, so they were very nice. Stayed at the Haven Hostel. That's a fantastic place to stay for cheap. Performed at the Industry Social House. That's a cool new venue. So uh, once we got into the country, it was a success. <laughs> Sounds like a good time, other than the seven hours of wasted driving. Oh, yeah, that was a bummer. <laughs> but we just thought, 
you know, their attitude, they were so mad at us. They were like, you, you have been lying to us this entire time. We're flagging your, you know, records. So they're going to see this every time you try to come back in. So we're driving home, just bummed out, depressed. We're like, we're forget tomorrow. We're never going to be able to perform in Canada now. And whoever made these phone calls and whoever they know must know the right lingo or have some strings to pull because the next day they just laughed and they're like, yeah, come on in. <laughs> so oh, we did man. it, folks. It was a blast. Thunder Bay was a lot of fun. Good food. Uh, even with the uh, trouble at the border, I'd definitely come back. All right. I didn't look at the... I did I did buy a pre-release kit, but I did not look at the set. So for next week... <laughs> Maybe I'll leave it. Okay, I forgot completely. So, talk about so, and and I will say the only good cards that I got out of my pre-release kit, I got two good cards, and they were both reprints. So, <laughs> I don't know that I would necessarily count them as as the top stuff that I'm looking for in the in the set, even though like they're they're both good reprints, but they're still reprints. Sure. Well, you never know. Like we talk about every time there's about, there's rarely more, more than 10 cards I really want. And yeah, quite a few are common. So, uh, hopefully they got some good stuff in there. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we are ready to jump in and put a pin in this, uh, movies trilogy. Oh yeah. I did. Uh, there is one other thing too. I did. I did go watch one of the best Christmas movies last night in the theater so I went to see Gremlins last night hell yeah man is it uh, even better in the theater I, I'm i sure I never saw the theater when I was a kid even nah, I never saw it in the theater for sure um, I, I mean it, it was great the I mean, movie is great I probably hadn't seen the full thing in like probably close to 30 years so it's nice to see it in the in the theater and, and you know and get to get to hear you. Well, I guess there there was only like six other people in the theater too, so that makes it always nice too. Okay, yeah, that's nice as hell. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. We don't have anything like that around here doing old movies. That's what you gotta do. It's the other way. Make your money. <laughs> find a movie theater. Find a movie theater and buy it and play old stuff. <laughs> All right, we are heading into the final chapter so far of the Urban Legends series, which is Urban Legends Bloody Mary, just from, what, 2005, I think it's, uh, it came out, yeah, yeah 2005. Hour and 33 minutes, which was a struggle to get through. Um, I, I think after... Uh, when, I, when I, I was watching it today while I was working, and as I was sitting there watching it, I was like, man, this has got to almost be over. And I, I hit hit the screen on my iPad to look at it, and it's like just barely halfway through. I had the same moment, the exact same moment. <laughs> I feel like this should be done. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, there's like 45 more minutes. So. Uh, this is probably going to be another fairly quick review because this was not a, not a movie that you really needed to pay a lot of attention to. Uh, and I 
do promise that I will start watching things again uh, on the weekend and actually take notes versus just trying to remember <laughs> it from here on. I on. took notes, but this movie wasn't worth it. So, yeah, yeah. let's uh, let's just knock it out, man. Let's let's get on in it. All right. Well, yeah, we open up uh, with the scene at a high school, looks like a homecoming dance. Uh, as as you see, just to uh, be clear as far as what kind of audience they're going for, they had kids in their letter jackets, and they looked like they were, they were the class of 69. Because, you know, they couldn't have done 68 or 70 or anything like that, so... They just had to do it that way. Um, and and Rush, right off the bat, too, just a terrible acting across the board. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> some movies did, you could tell. <laughs> really didn't get any better. There there was a couple, I mean, there's a couple of big, bigger name people in this movie again, but not, uh, not anything worth writing home about their performances. So no, Meryl Streep doesn't need to worry about any of them taking any jobs from her yeah nobody's best work here and they have uh high school stereotypes going on the jockos basically in their letterman jackets like you mentioned they're the cool kids they're at the dance they're getting some glasses of punch for their dates and uh i forget exactly what the guy says but he's like hey it's uh sleepy time for the gals and he just yeah, some like powder and a little capsule into their two drinks. Yeah, he's definitely roofing their drinks. Well, so yeah, and then they're like, "Hey, hey, you know, dates. It's uh, it's time to go outside." Hey, and they go. We out got there. you this. We got you this punch that we didn't drug. So just just guzzle it. Here you go. Yeah, here, guzzle this punch quick. Finished good. <laughs> Now let's go out to the cars. Like, I guess that's uh, how it was back in 69 or whatever this took place. But <laughs> let's, let's go out to Lover's Lane right now. Again, and as poorly acted as you can imagine, they all start going out there. Uh, like, when they get there, Mary, hence the title, but uh, one of the gals, Mary, she seems another, she's another gal getting uh, sort of somewhat accosted. By one of the other jockos, she she knows the drill, so she's like, "I'm out of here." She uh, like runs back into the school. Her date doesn't want to take no for an answer. Chases her all the way to uh, looks like the boiler room. All old high schools had a boiler room, of course. He tries to make a move. She's not all about it. He just punches her in the face. Uh, she goes down, hits her head on like the corner of a table, dies right there in the spot. And so he's, uh, of course, popular jock. He's got a world full of, uh, like, mediocre college football and alcoholism ahead of him. So he's like, I'm not going to let this accident ruin my life. So he hides her body, like, in a trunk in the boiler room to to hide the evidence. Cut to the present. Yeah, Three high school girls are having a sleepover. One of them is Samantha, played by Kate Mara. One of the more uh, famous people in this film. They're they're talking urban legends, of course, including the legend of Bloody Mary. They they have a. I don't think you could poorly act a pillow fight. They do. 
<laughs> they have a poorly acted pillow fight where like even hitting each other with pillows is unbelievable but, yeah uh, once they do that they collapse they're you know too tired from the pillow fight they're laying around giggling as high school girls do after a pillow fight and then they're like Kate or uh, Samantha is like Bloody Mary Bloody Mary Bloody Mary they do the challenge oh not again this is uh, barely important but uh, not before discussing how Samantha works at the high school newspaper she got a picture of some of the jocks like I guess wearing wigs and bras they were wearing mop heads they weren't even wearing yeah. wigs it was mop heads and she yeah mop heads as hair and bras and she like posted that photo on the cover of the high school paper so there, there's some I guess plot points discussed where the they, they, they're on the outs in the high school essentially the jocks don't like them anymore yeah, they were blacklisted from going to the homecoming dance because nobody would ask them to be. Nobody would ask to be their date because uh, Samantha Samantha's newspaper article. Yeah, why do I mention this? Um, because the next morning, all the girls are missing. They're missing for uh, I don't know. It's like a day or something, or maybe that night even. Uh, but then they they reappear a little dirty, but uh, not. Not worse than that. They don't remember much of anything. They all assumed they were drugged. And uh, they are pretty sure it was the jocks in town. They're getting revenge for uh, for posting this embarrassing picture in the school paper. But it's clear they weren't raped because they were tested. So, Yep, they were drug tested. They had rohypnol in their system. They were, te- they were checked out for any sort of abuse and none of that had happened. So, you know, could have been worse, I guess. I don't want to say it's a win, but it's not a loss. Yep. And, uh, yeah, they kind of have... Samantha has a discussion with her brother, Robert, who is, uh, well, he's kind of a... He's kind of a loser kid in high school. He's not part of the football team. He's not part of the newspaper. He's just he's just there. Yeah. And so uh, I allegedly twin brother, although they don't look alike. Right. Well, you can be fraternal twins and not look alike. I mean, that's typically how you get a boy twin and a girl twin at the same time. Well, that is true. And so we, uh, they start following various characters. They're not important. We don't care. Roger is one of them. Roger is, uh, oh yeah, they have a, uh, guy's locker room shower scene no nudity ladies unfortunately no. or no, there was there's no fourth b for you guys there's no balls showing yeah um and the but you know locker room talk his buddies make him make fun of him for uh being a little bit too pale roger you better go get tanned tan that pale ass man so uh of course he does Part of the reason why is the, the gal who works there has big jugs, they like to mention, which she does. Uh, so Roger decides he's going to go to the tanning salon, goes in there. It's 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 a really crappy recreation of the tanning salon scene from uh, one of the Final Destinations I forgot already. Do you remember? Uh, third one, I think. 
but yeah, yeah it's he, one of the essentially essentially is because yeah they he's she puts it on low for him he's laying down there and he's just like oh you know i'll let you know but he wants some of her sunshine when he's done tan of it too and make sure to make make that well known as she's sitting oh, yeah. out there on the phone telling everyone to shut up every other sentence and uh <laughs> but yeah so he's in there and the the power of the machine, the the setting of the machine keeps getting turned up slowly, and he breaks her death. Breaks from from one to twelve. Yeah, and eventually she starts to smell him burning, and she goes in and opens up the uh, opens up the tanning booth, and he's just fried. There's nothing. There's nothing left of him. And end scene. Cut to the funeral the next day. Yeah. Yeah, and it, like he didn't even notice until it hit twelve, which is kind of weird. But what? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's he's boiling, his... boiling frog syndrome, maybe. He's got, he's got his, he's got his goggles on there. He can't, he can't see. You know that that it's getting more and more intense. And but anyway, yeah, they have the funeral there. They're kind of having some discussions there. Uh, Heather then brings Samantha, who I guess they must live across the street or something like that, just down just down the block from, from them. Yeah. Brings the homework over and there's a weird letter in there in, in the in the history book that Samantha reads and then they're they're gonna head out somewhere. Um and you just see you get you get some you get some side boob here from Heather though, as she is uh, going in to actually put on her bra. She goes into the bathroom, puts it on, starts looking in the mirror, and notices there's some sort of uh, sore on her face, and she's dabbing at it with a sponge, you know, trying to trying to clean it up there. When all of a sudden the spider pops out of it, <laughs> and she freaks out. Knocks the spider on the floor, jumps on it, kills it, and then, like, then she looks back in the mirror and there's like ten spiders crawling all, you know, all over her mouth and all over her face, and they just start flooding out of uh, out of that. So she starts freaking out. She ends up headbutting her mirror, and uh, she's got shards of glass stuck in her face as Samantha's trying to. Uh, get into the house she's just knocking on the window as she gets but she can suddenly see heather freaking out as heather just like grabs two the two shards of glass that are stuck in her face and uh she pulls a nick cage and takes her face off <laughs> yeah and this is uh uh bad bad cgi spiders okay blood practical effects but terrible cgi spiders I really didn't think they were that bad. I mean, you know, this is two thousand five too. You know. I mean, yeah, they're low. They're uh, yeah, typical for two thousand five low budget horror CGI spiders. <laughs> yeah, they weren't. They weren't the best spiders I've ever seen, but they also were not the worst. I'll give you that. But yeah, Samantha, Samantha eventually climbs up through the window. Like hearing this, knowing something's wrong, goes in through the window, 
gets in there just in time to uh, see Heather laying dead on the floor, covered in blood, and CGI spiders that all kind of disperse and run away. But uh, by the time it's the, I don't know, authorities or whoever gets there, no sign of any spiders left. So they don't, they don't really believe her. But that's what happened. And then she goes to school the next day, and uh, now nobody likes her. They, they won't sit with her in, like, chemistry or biology lab because they think maybe she's a killer. <laughs> she's not the popular girl in school, that's for sure. Yeah, they do kind of make fun of her in science class, too, which one of the things that I did see in there, too, as they're kind of going through all of that and everything, one of the girls that actually says something is actually Kate Mara's younger sister. Oh, is he? Yep, Rudy Mara, who's a <laughs> girl with a dragon tattoo. Okay, I didn't recognize that at all. Yep, I mean, they don't... I mean, they don't really look a lot alike. Uh, like Kate Mara's a redhead, Rooney Mara's got she's got dark hair. Um, but yeah, they're they are really they're actually um, it's a it's at the the New York Giants, I think. Um, their their grand their grandfather owns the um, the New York Giants. Oh, of course. That's how you get into Hollywood. <laughs> Wealth. <laughs> Wealth will get you in the movies. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot more to it than that, though, too, because obviously the, the Rooney family owns the Steelers, and one of the Mara kids and one of the Rooney kids got married, so that's why her name for in Hollywood is Rooney Mara. So <laughs> some fun facts there. Yeah, I had no idea. Yep. Uh, back to this disaster of a film. Samantha's Samantha also starts, I forget when, but she starts having like visions of Mary, Bloody Mary. And again, not great. It's just like, not even scary. It's just like a girl with white, pale face makeup and dried blood on her forehead. And makes yeah, it's spooky contacts. It's meant. It's meant to look like the girl from the ring. Yeah, like a really bad girl from the ring costume is what this looks like. But yeah, but it really doesn't <laughs> look like. That. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, she's having visions which kind of are hinting and giving her ideas of what what happened to Mary in the past. You know, meanwhile, at high school, the jocks are starting to uh, suspect Samantha and her brother of doing this. Um, they think they're kind of behind this. They want revenge for the, uh, the old roofie prank where they dr drug three girls and leave them in a warehouse. That's, <laughs> they think, that, uh, Samantha and her brother are getting revenge. So they're like, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna get them back. And they don't really say what they're planning, but it sounded like they were planning to burn their home down. It was this is it. Cause the one guy tells the other one, Hey, you got, you got those spare uh, gas cans, bring them. Yeah, that probably sounds about right. Yeah. Yes. So, like, these are I, roofing someone in the first place. They treat as just a prank, 
pretty serious, especially when you leave, just leave them abandoned in a warehouse. Now they're like, okay, let's burn their home down get your gas cans. But, uh, they don't get a chance. Jocko, who I guess is in charge of the gas stand, uh, gas cans is driving. He sees a, uh, a Mary appear in the road. So he hits the brakes, peels off. She vanishes, but he's like, well, this would be a good time to urinate. He is drinking and driving. He is as drinking a, and driving. As as a high schooler. So he goes over to a nearby fence, starts peeing on it. There's a sign that says, like, high voltage. He uh, he does a little test. He, like, pours some of his beer on it, gets no reaction. So says, okay, it will be fun to pee on it. So he pees on it. Uh, off, off. In the distance, you see the hand of Mary... To hit the voltage switch on and shocks him to death. Yep. Yeah, they even make the comment, oh, this guy's dick's still smoking. As the parents yeah. are, are, the coroners are packing him away in the body bag. Yeah, next day they come to get him. And it is, it's a bit charred. And they, uh, yeah. And and, and the one, the one core, you know, they, oh, make sure you check your, uh, Check your beer bottle tonight after work, because this is the urban legend where they cut out, you know, the guy's drinking a beer and finds a finger in his beer bottle. This guy's ring finger's missing, which it was. Yeah. Yep. And they, so we've, uh, I think, all heard the, I don't even know if it's an urban legend, but I've just been told, you know, don't pee on an electric fence. I mean, I grew up on a farm, so yeah, we tried it. It, it does, it does shock you. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> I never tried it. Glad your junk survived. I mean, it, well, yeah, well, the, the electric fence that we were, was not meant anything to, uh, you know. Sure, it's not super high voltage. No, no, but you could, you could definitely feel it. <laughs> you, know, you know what else well, you shouldn't do? You shouldn't drink beer bottles that your friends hand you that are warm. And then when they, especially when they dare you to chug them. Certainly. <laughs> I've heard of multiple stories of that incident. Oh, glad it never happened to me. I've heard that story multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> Don't trust your buddies in high school. I think that's it. That's about right. Now, uh, anyway, uh, Samantha and her, and her brother are uh, kind of, they're investigating uh, I, I guess they go to the school library because no one has the internet in 2005. Yeah, they only have dial-up internet, so they go to, to go to the school newspaper office to check out and see what, what was going on, um, which then they find out who the the other kids were at that point, you know, who the other, because the other two girls survived and the third one did not, which is what, yeah. how they get to find Grace, who was the hippie girl in uh, 1969. So they go visit Grace at her house, and uh, she initially uh, just slams the door in their face, and then Robert is just like, power to the people. So she lets him in and offers them weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. A hippie girl. And also just comes right out and says it, because they, they tell her what's going on, and Grace is just like, yeah, that's that's the ghost of Mary. She's coming back for revenge. <laughs> yep. Barry's spirit was like too intense or something to to stop. So uh, she's going to get 
revenge on all the kids, all the children of the jocks who hurt her in the past. Yep, so now they're trying to figure out who's next, because I mean, the three of them are already dead. Now they're trying to figure out the other the other people who's who's left. It's Buck. Buck, maybe maybe the lead jock is next. Um he's sad, all his friends are dead. I guess he thinks he's next because he's just like, I'm gonna go on the run with my dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go on the run with the dog and uh, like Samantha goes and talks to him and she's just like, do you really think I'm killing all these people? And he's like, I don't care. My friends didn't deserve to die. I'm getting out of here with my dog. So uh, I guess he skips town, goes to some seedy motel. He's watching uh, porn on Scramble. We've all been there, fellas. Yep. And yeah, he uh, wants a snack, goes out to the vending machine, gets his hand stuck for a second. He was yanking, yanking, yanking. It, it's about to collapse and get, crush him. Almost. Not quite. And that's one they had referenced like once or twice prior to that. Yes, they did. So they uh, they set us up to be deceived there. But then he goes back to the room. He's there with his dog, drinking. Uh, he does the old thing. I think we know where this is going, but puts his hand down on the side of the bed for the comforting lick of man's best friend uh, drinks himself unconscious wakes up puts his hand down there gets the lick again goes to like the bathroom oh no his dog is hanging there gutted in the bathroom with the, the written in blood it says people can lick too so now he knows oh shit someone's under the bed he freaks out runs for the door it's locked can't get out he gets like yanked down by hands from under the bed then mary emerges this is a funny one i don't know why i think it's ridiculous but she emerges she's like an undead ghoul ghost spirit um grabs this liquor bottle smashes it and like slashes his throat with a jagged edge of a bottle i always thought ghosts just killed you with fear or a supernatural power the jagged bottle is more for like a drunk in my book Bar fight, yeah. So it's just absurd, in my opinion. Like you, you spook him to death, you drag him down to hell, um, even I don't know, rip his jaws open and go inside his innards and burst out. But broken bottle, come on, ghosts, <laughs> you can do better than that. Hey, at least they were a little bit creative in this. I wasn't expecting it, that's for sure. <laughs> so, yep, now they find Buck. Uh, you know, Buck's body gets found. They again go back to... Um, well, Rob goes back to Grace's house to, sh- to figure out who the last people were there. She's like, oh, you can check the register there. That'll tell you. Well, so he goes there while... Um, Samantha decides she's going to hop on her one-speed bike in the middle of the snowstorm <laughs> to to try to find where Robert went because she thinks she knows what's going on now. <laughs> she does get to Grace's house where Grace is absolutely blazed out of her mind. 
He's like, oh, yeah, he went to the school to figure out who the last person is. And Samantha's like, all right, well, you're driving me. And she's like, I ain't in no shape to drive. I'm too stoned to drive. Too hard. So she's like, all right, we'll give you your keys and I'll drive. So she drives the mystery machine because the only the only vehicle that uh, Grace has is a, it looks like a Volkswagen mini bus that it is does. painted with a bunch of hippie. <laughs> it looks like the mystery machine. It's it's all hippie shit. All over yeah. it. And at the same time this is going on, like, uh, Mary or Samantha keeps ha- having visions of Mary, like now in a trunk. The visions are becoming more and more clear. She sees Mary locked in a large, old school trunk, not a car, like a train or Titanic <laughs> passenger trunk. Yes, like a, like a trunk they used for a suitcase. Yeah, and yeah, so. Robert's at the school. He finds out what's going on. As soon as he figures out who, you know, what's going on, he gets clobbered by somebody and wearing a hooded sweatshirt Matt, and, and mask. So you can't, you can't see what's going on there. He gets, he gets killed. Uh, that Mary gets to Mary, Samantha gets to the school. She can see somebody in the school. So she climbs through the window to get in there because Robert's got her keys so she can't even get into the newspaper office. And she's, yeah, she's looking for Robert. Eventually finds uh, Mary's corpse in the, in the, in the trunk there. Um, manages to get into the vehicle, get, get the corpse and herself into the vehicle <laughs> before the man in the jacket grabs a hold of her. Yeah, she she scoops it up like in a blanket, which is basically just skeletonized at this point. Scoops up in the blanket, and then hides. Well, masked man comes in and then sneaks up behind him, locks the door, and yeah, it runs for the uh, for the van. Yep, gets yeah, gets the gets the body in there, gets to the graveyard. They're getting getting to the. Uh... She gets to to where Mary's headstone is and is starting to dig up the grave there when uh, Bill shows up and Bill's her stepdad. Bill's running for mayor of the town, too. (laughs) And uh, again, Grace is high on her own supply, sitting there watching Samantha dig. Bill's like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll dig this up and everything. You know, I'll help. I'll help dig. So... Not knowing what's going on, Samantha and Bill are having a conversation. Oh, nobody else knows about this. Nope. Bill smacks her with the shovel and be like, "Oh, here, mom's gonna miss both of you guys since I killed Robert now." Oh, here we go. Which yep, this film was the man in the jacket. The big reveal, everyone. The big reveal, which wasn't that big of a reveal, but here we are. Yep. So anyway, yeah. Mary's spirit shows up, scares the bejesus out of Bill, gives him a heart attack. Um and Grace and Samantha wake up the next day or Samantha wakes up the next day with Grace sitting there holding her and she's like and they're like, Oh yeah. Yep. 
Cops are here. They figured everything out. Looks like they're saying Bill died of a heart attack after Barry's spirit showed up and killed him. And uh, now everything's all good. <laughs> the end. Yep. Roll credits because, my God, that was a difficult movie to watch. Yeah. Which... As mentioned, the acting bad from virtually everyone, virtually every angle. I mean, and, and and the worst part is like the critics score is forty percent on this. It is only out of it is only with five reviews, so can't can't put too much into that. Five reviews, forty percent, thirty three percent audience score with ten thousand plus ratings is probably more along the lines, but it wasn't as bad as the like ten percent that the last one was. Yeah, it's a 4.1 on IMDb, and that's with over 9,000 ratings. So I wouldn't even say it's a 41, but it's no. done. It's behind us. I wouldn't watch this one, folks, at home. Nope, not unless you're really, really, really bored. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it looks like, uh, I don't know if this is still available or not. It just might not be. But, uh, yeah, that is the end of the Urban Legends series. And now, with it being Thanksgiving next week, we decided to go with one of the holiday movies. And it is going to be Thanksgiving, which is about a killer turkey. Gobble, gobble, folks. Thanksgiving. Hop on and watch it with us. Uh, It is still available on Tubi. Yes, the tagline on the poster is just gobble, gobble, motherfucker. The ultimate low-budget experience of killer turkey horror slash comedy, so. Oh, man. Oh, we got a good one here, too, because we get... There's another movie on Tubi we should probably watch, because there's a a movie called Terror at Blood Fart Lake. (laughs) Oh, man. Sounds, (laughs) Sounds great. There was one in there I want to watch too. It's I, I don't remember the name of it. It's with the uh, Nicholas Cage is in it, and it's not Five Nights at Freddy's, but it's the same kind of thing. Oh, Willy's Wonderland. That's it. Yeah, it's the original. the The only thing is, I I've actually seen that. So oh, you have. I have. I would I would watch it again. Absolutely, it was it was good. Yeah. <laughs> Is there something wrong with it? I sense a butt. No, there's no, 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 okay. no butt to it. Um, I mean, there, there is a pretty, there's a pretty big reveal in there, um, that that I that I don't really want to give away without sure. without watching it. So, um, but no, I would I would definitely watch it again. Well, uh, let's do this one. in the future. That I mean, Nicolas Cage can be awesome and. Uh, the animatronic killing things. <laughs> well, there's a new silent. Well. There's a new Silent Hill movie too. How many of them are there? Uh oh no, this is actually a series. Looks like. Yeah, it's a series. It's a two B exclusive series. So interesting. Like... I think I saw the first one, and I think that's it. But I like the first one. There was there was a second one. Don't think I saw the second one. 
Uh, but yeah, this is this is a series that's come out that's to be exclusive. So there's only one episode out right now. New episodes every Thursday. So yeah, that's we got. Uh, I've played one of the video games and I uh, like the movie. So that's a probably franchise I've been underexposed to, but I'd watch more. All right. Well, here is the description. It's a one-sentence description for Thanksgiving. A possessed turkey terrorizes five college students during Thanksgiving break. I bet it's awesome. Let's do it. All right. We got that set for next week. And actually, uh, that will be, I believe, our 100th episode as well. Hey, we did it, folks. Whether you wanted us to or not, we did it. Yep. And we're going to keep going. Damn right. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. But not now. <laughs> yeah. Nope. I think I think we are done with this episode right now. We're gonna give you, we're gonna give you a little bit of time back in your life, as what our managers used to say when we had ever cut a meeting short. Oh, we'll give you some time back. It was just like, well, okay, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I got nothing else. Unless you got something else. No, let's rock and roll. All right. Well, this is Scott the Beauty signing off for the Beauty and DeGeast podcast, where we watch movies so you don't have to. Bye, folks. <laughs>